Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. We are on. Welcome, everyone. We've had one of those wonderful things that happens in radio and TV or anytime you do anything live, something just doesn't go right. <laughs> That's what we got no, Not always. <laughs> yeah. But we thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Our uh, particular guest that we had scheduled to be with us, Ty- Tyrone Fat Foster. Uh, just some things didn't work out, but we will have him back. In the meantime, we've got another subject that we want to cover, and we want to talk about what top leaders gain by working with an executive coach. So this is Rich. This is Michael with Executive Mainline Coaching, ACT. Leaders must act and take action to make things happen. So ACT also stands for and cultural transformation. So let's just get right into the matter here with the folks, all right? There are six things that when you as a leader work with an executive coach, one or all of these, depending on where you are as a leader in your own personal development, professional development, are going to happen. And we're going to take these. These actually go in order pretty well here. The first one is self-awareness. Why self-awareness? Why would, it, why would a leader need to have greater self-awareness? What are your thoughts on that? You know, the self-awareness piece is absolutely critical. You know, so often we talk about communication and leadership skills such as team building or critical thinking skills or the ability to uh, to think strategically and anything along those lines that, that we really see as an outer core of what everybody sees. But where does that really come from? Where do those abilities really come from? Um, and that's one thing that I don't think a lot of people understand is it comes from their inner self. Being being aware of who you are as a leader is something that is always the first step in coaching is starting that self-awareness. It is. And the funny thing about self-awareness is this. Most people, they've done some studies on this. Most people think like 90%, 90% of people think they are self-aware. And yet when they go down and they dig deeper and ask the deeper questions on any given day, on a really good day, (laughs) only about 20% of the people are really self-aware. So we have a big misunderstanding about what self-awareness really means. And self-awareness is a key thing because unless we know how, what we're feeling, what's going on with this, what we're thinking, just not kind of doing stuff, Uh, It's very hard for us to redirect ourselves. We get into habits. 
We just go and do things because that's the way we are. That's the habits that we have. How many times you've heard the old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's somebody who's saying, I am not self-aware. Not only am I not self-aware, I have no interest in changing and I'm not going to change. Right. It's so a person, if, you, if I were to talk to that individual, consider him as a potential uh, client to coach, I would probably end up saying, no, I, I just think I cannot help you because you think you've got it all already. And I'm going to tell you, we started doing some of those deep surveys. We're going to find some, some surprises there. Should we just say that? Unexpected surprises. <laughs> yes, exactly. And not only that is how can you get away with not truly understanding where your skills come from? Yeah. And who you are, who you are mentally are. Yeah. That's actually a pretty big deal. The other one here, the next one comes right after that is increased self-regulation. Now that's an interesting one. Self-regulation has to do with how do you manage yourself yeah. and how well do you motivate yourself? If you're not skillful in those things about how do I manage myself, my time, my energy, how do I manage myself in terms of what's the best time for me to work? When do I get, how do I prepare for different meetings? That self-management stuff. Then, then the self, uh, uh, the self-motivation. What do I do to keep myself in the game? What do I do when I'm leading? And I may not be feeling my best, but I've got to lead and I got to get everybody else excited about that thing. If you don't know how to do that, you're always going to be behind the eight ball. I'm going to tell you right now, you will always be behind the eight ball. You'll always feel like you're, you're, you're fighting the situation. You're not fighting to win. You're fighting not to lose. You're always right. talking about what the other people are thinking and what's going on with them because you're not really in that seat of I'm in charge. Right. You know, I've always been uh, heard it called chasing the tiger by the tail or, or following the tiger by the tail. You know, that's that's a rough place to be. Oh. It has to be a healthy mix. You know, there has to be a healthy mix of everything who you are and your career. Being able to self-regulate who you are as a leader and self-regulate who, who you are as a person. And so often you, you hear nowadays and you see nowadays that career becomes everything for some people. And that's really not a healthy place to be. It really isn't. And I can tell you from personal experience, personal experience. So everybody listening to this, two heart attacks in my 30s, because all I did was think about work. All I did was stress about work. And literally, I had I had my first heart attack at work. I was in my 30s. I was in my 30s for, for heck's sake. You know, you know, called my wife, fortunately, who's a nurse, and told her what was going on. And she says, you're having a heart attack. And I'm like, no, I'm not. There's no way I could be having that. But you know what? It was a stress-related heart attack. And that happens more often than you think. How many people have high blood pressure? Because all the stresses that they bring upon themselves trying to get to that next level. It has to be the, you know, self-regulation of who you are. It's an interesting thing that we use in our, uh, our, our discussion in leadership and in business in particular. You know, drive. You know, you have to drive the results. You have to drive. You're a driver. You know, you're just that A-type personality. Drive, 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 drive. I think that's a terrible disservice uh, to anybody who's got that kind of frame of mind. I got to drive. There's a certain sense at some point you got to drive the results, but if it's all if you're always in that driver's seat, you're you're in a big problem. Let me ask you something: What do you drive? And you and it's not your car. 
back in the old days? What would you drive? That's a good question. What what are you what are you asking? <laughs> you drive a mule. Oh, okay. All right. You drive your oxen. You drive your horses. You drive beasts a burden. Yeah. That's what yeah. that's what it really comes. You drive them to plow the fields, to pull the to pull the the the, the wagon, uh, whatever it is, you know, the carriage. You drive them, especially if you really got to go fast. That's yeah. the kind of thing. We don't work well when we drive ourselves. Oh, our teams fall apart at some point if we're always driving them. So the point here in learning how to be better self-regulating, knowing what we're feeling, what's going on with us, what we're thinking, why we're thinking these things, so that we can better you know, manage ourselves, motivate ourselves. Mm -hmm. That then puts us in this position now of having greater empathy and intellectual or emotional intelligence when we work with others. Because here's the fact. This is just a fact. I was talking to somebody just, just today doing some coaching work. If you are emotionally jacked up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add it from two points. If you're emotionally jacked up, how present can you be to really de deal with people, to really see what's going on with them, to help them through and take on their challenges? Yeah. Now, another component to it, being emo nobody wants to be emotionally jacked up, especially guys, and you were talking about it. Emotionally. So yeah. we don't want to admit that we're having all this stress. We don't want to admit that we're all under all this pressure. We don't want to admit they're emotionally jacked up. So what we do, we push it down. Push it down. Hide it. We got two dynamics going on. We're driving ourselves like mules, and then we're lying to ourselves that that's what we're doing to ourselves. How much? How much before this, you know, just pops your heart attack? Pops. It, it popped. Yep. That's it. it. That's it. So if you're going through that kind of stress, you know, the one thing about about fear and about anxiety, because the way we are wired as human beings, fear, doubt, anxiety that lead to pessimism, that lead to um, uh, drama and uh, the office and all sorts of power plays and all that kind of crap that goes on, that is like contagious. Because just imagine the tribe, right? The tribe, we're out, we're out in the tribe, we're hunting, right? Yeah. And somebody sees something like a cougar or big bear and they're now all of a sudden they're afraid and, and and everybody else starts noticing, oh, oh you know, so-and-so is over there. They're afraid. What's going on? They get afraid. The whole tribe's afraid now. We are, what are we going to do? How are we gonna, and then they say, there's a big bear over there. What do, you know, it's, it's just something we feel. It's something that we smell. It's something that we just pick up. So if you're jacked up as a leader, you can count on your, your people are smelling it. They're sensing it. They're seeing oh, yeah. it. And they'll get jacked up in return. So how do you have a strong team? that works together, unified, getting stuff done, and it's not going to burn out if you keep coming from this place of, number one, you're jacked up, and number two, you're denying it. Yeah. You know, I think that's where coaching comes in very handy. Um, executive coaches, for the most part, the ones I know, have all had, you know, 20-plus years experience as an executive or, or, you know, in a leadership position. Uh and that empathy part really comes from that experience, being able to, I've been there, you know, done that. I know what that can do to you. This is what you need to do. You know, this is where, where you need to, to take yourself. Uh, that empathy is incredibly important for not only a leader, but for an executive coach. And that's where the vulnerability, the, the courage, 
to go back to the previous two points you just asked, talked about the self-awareness and the self-regulation being and being able to open up, learn those issues, and then be have that empathy towards you know your employees and everybody else around you. Um, we all go through issues in our in our life. Those issues that impact our business, those issues that impact us personally, and having the empathy and the understanding that we all go through that is is absolutely critical. Um, the other part of this point, emotional intelligence. Um, you know, one of the one of the things we are going to talk to today is the difference between reacting and responding is really what emotional intelligence is. Um, the, the ability to respond correctly to an issue, really taking the time to include everybody you need to, look at those data points, making those good decisions and responding correctly versus just going off half cocked or super, you know, quick knee jerk type decisions. And it's all emotions, you know, they emotions precede our thoughts. It's a proven deal, emotions precede our thoughts. So if we cannot control our emotions and they precede our thoughts, what's gonna come out of your mouth next? You know, here, here's a good example. I'm gonna give you a good example of a really classic knee-jerk reaction and, you know, emotional intelligence. And if you rem remember back, uh, way back in the Time Warner and AOL, when Time Warner um, merged with AOL, okay? Probably the worst decision in history. It was made over a weekend, $180 billion, biggest merger in, and one of the biggest business mergers in history. Time Warner was already having problems. AOL was about to have problems because of this. And in two years, they had lost $150 billion. Okay, so there's a need, there's a classic reaction versus response. You know, great opportunity lands in your lap, or so you think it's a great opportunity lands in your lap. And anybody that's in business knows these are these potential opportunities come along. It's taking the time to really determine if this is the right opportunity or the right response. And that could be just in communication, that could be to a friend, that could be business-wise, whatever. But emotional intelligence is an absolutely critical skill that you have to have. And if we get hijacked, if we let our emotions, our negative emotions, yep. our worries again, our fears, our anxieties take and get the best of us. You know, and you're right, because react, reaction is fear-based. Yeah. And it's also ego-driven. You know, there's a lot of issues there that can really, that those reactions versus a response. And so that's one critical skill that, you know, you know, that is part of those inner skills, uh, part of these inner skills we talk about. Right. And so when that happens, as you're illustrating there, is our thinking changes. We don't make good decisions. No, no, we don't. Stupid decisions. We also get caught in inflexible thinking. We don't have the ability to start seeing things from different points of view, to understand what people are saying. In other words, what really what it comes down to is when that, those emotions are hijacked, we go into survival. Now, let me ask you this question. You may not have around you people that will tell you, you know what, you need to just you know take the pedal, just back off your foot off the pedal, and just not be jamming it so much because... You're not looking so good. I can see that there's a lot of fear going on with you. But what if you had a coach? So you're going to just tell you the truth. You know, I can hear you want to be successful. 
I can hear you want to win. I can hear you want to hit your objectives. I hear all that, but I'm looking at you. I'm listening to you. I don't think you're doing so good. Maybe you need to just kind of take a breath here. We need to find, you, it can't always be going on high drive. You can't, you're going to melt the engine. The engine's right. going to break. Right. Sometimes you just need somebody to say, and let's find a better way. Otherwise, the, the way is going to be out the door or it's going to be in a hospital or something. Yeah. So sometimes you just need to have somebody there who's going to tell you the honest truth. Absolutely. That's and that's a good point. That's the difference between an internal coach and an external coach. There you go. Big differences there. That's right. Now, another thing that happens because now, you know, you calm yourself down, you're working smart. You know how, how you work, you're managing yourself, you're motivating yourself well, you're thinking clearly, you're connecting well with your other people. Some great things start to happen here. And that's this. There's a line, there's a distinction between being driven by your fears. And when you're really highly motivated to pursue your highest values, your highest motor aspirations, your highest you know outcomes that you want, because that's what you want to do. Fear puts different kinds of chemicals, adrenaline, cortisol into the blood system, which is not good. Whereas the other, the excitement stuff, that changes everything. So there's a, there's these health issues of just you being a healthy person and knowing what to watch for and what it is you need to do so that you can be highly motivated so that you can then highly motivate other people. That makes sense? No, yeah, absolutely. So it kind of all adds up to this. Yeah. Just a simple phrase, you become a more effective leader. Yeah. Now let's ask the folks this. Honestly, and nobody nobody knows except you. Uh, in all honesty, are you being the best leader that you can be right now? Would you like to make some improvements? Would you like to make some changes? Are you noticing there's some things that just aren't working? Maybe they worked in the past, but now they're not working so well. You know you need some feedback. You know you need some insight. You know you need some adjustments. But you've been the guy, you've been the gal who's been leading the whole time. Where do you go to get that? Well, that's where somebody like Rich, myself, come in. We can give you that assistance. That's what we've been trained on. That's what it is that we've been doing for decades. That's what we know. Sometimes the honest truth is, fact is, you just need some help. And I think I've said this before. The most okay people in the world are the people that know they're not okay and are okay with it yeah. because they're doing something about it. That's executive coaching. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Round in third. Take us home. What do they do? Round in third. Check us out on our website. Um, Executive Leaders Act, ILEC.com. And let's sit down and talk. Book some time with us. Uh, book a free coaching session. Let's let, let's talk and, and just find out where you're at and see if it, it's a good fit for you. But I got to tell you, um, the longer you put this off, the longer you put things off, if you're if you're struggling, you know, the harder it's going to get. It, it really is. But there are ways to make, you know, your leadership, your your journey to leadership greatness even better. I'm going to, before we go, Michael, I, I got to make one more point. Okay, one more point. And I talked about a bad idea earlier, but I want to show you a, a, the, a, an example of a good response versus a reaction. Okay, 1997, Apple's tanking. They're tanking. 
And so what do they do? They go back and they get Steve Jobs to come back and take the wheel again. And after they had fired him years earlier, and what happens? He turns it around and becomes one of the you know greatest companies ever. And as far as leadership goes, who doesn't know about Steve Jobs? But what most people listening to us don't realize is John Matone, who is the person that we work with, Michael, uh, his third year in a row, bonus, the number one uh, leadership coach uh, on the planet and motivational speaker. Steve Jobs reached out to him, his coach, to be his coach. So, yes, Steve Jobs had an executive coach. That was after Apple brought him back. He realized that he needed that additional help to get to the next level to make. And his his biggest deal was he wanted a legacy. He wanted to leave a big legacy behind. So needing a coach is where he decided to go. And it it did wonders for him. Did wonders for him. So I just wanted to leave that as back to some of these inner skills, reaction versus response, um, higher levels of motivation. Sorry, I hijacked this a little bit, Michael. But (laughs) but nonetheless, um, we hope you had a, you know, we appreciate you sticking around for this podcast. Uh, we're going to get Tyrone on another time, and we're we're going to. You watch out, Tyrone. You're coming on. You can't hide. No, no. We know where you work. <laughs> we do. <laughs> so, all right. Once again, thank you. Take care. Check out our website, and uh, hope to talk to you soon. And uh, take care. All the best to you. Thanks for joining us today. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide will help to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.